I'm Mark Reed Edwards, Chief Marketing Officer at HFS. Welcome to this edition of Up Close with our healthcare and life sciences practice leader at HFS, Rohan Kulkarni. Rohan, great to have you back. Thanks, Mark. I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, excited to talk about what we've done and what we plan on doing here shortly. Yeah, and it's been a it's been a little while since we we talked, and there's been a lot happening. So let's kick off with you know what you've been up to since our last chat. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's talk about um, digital health. So, you know, digital health is something that we consider to be fairly amorphous. It's everything but nothing. And so over a period of time, we've been digging into it and primary care, digital and digitally, uh, digital health enabled primary care is one of great interest for us because it has enormous potential. We've written some articles about it in the past, but I think it is one that is likely going to disrupt health insurance in America for primary care. So we launched our first market scan. We looked at 21 digital health players uh, who have the ability and the promise of influencing the triple aim of care. So to me, that's very exciting that we just published. Yeah, so what is digital primary care? Is it, is it virtual visits? Is it the, the, your, your records? What, what exactly is it? I would say digital health enabled primary care is essentially virtual in many ways in terms of modality of care delivery. But what it also does is it has incorporated emerging technologies like AI and blockchain and, uh, uh, and others in order to create new business models. And one business model that makes a lot of sense to me is, is, is a subscription-based model, right? You pay $50, you get to see the doctor anytime you want, 24 seven, as many number of times you want. And it's got specialization built into it, women's health, mental health, and some of them even have uh, prescriptions uh, 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 as part of the formu formulary that's also built in. So digital health is technology and a new way of delivering care. That's how I think about it. And it's about efficiency too, right? Absolutely is. Yeah. Absolutely is about efficiency. Yeah. So um, I saw you had an interview with uh, Phil First on Horses for Sources about new market opportunities with self-insured employers. Can you tell me about that? Oh yeah, so this is another area of, uh, of deep study for me, um, very exciting new market. Um, it, it's not new, new as in it's just farming, but it's new in the, in the sense that we're able to uh, quantify the, the opportunity there. So what's been happening for the last 10, 12 years now, and you know, we've written about this Mark, um, that the enrollment um, numbers for, um, health plans that are underwritten directly by employers has been growing at a rate of about 3% CAGR, right? And that has essentially taken away enrollment from the large health plans in the country. So right now, 80, 80, almost 84 million um, employees that work for American corporations are enrolled in health plans that are underwritten directly by their employers. This is significant in that when 25% of America's population is underwritten by their employers, they then have enough leverage to begin to change how we think about health and healthcare, about how care is delivered, whether we want to do it reactively or we want to do it proactively. Do we think about it as healthcare or do we think about it as, as productivity? So th there is an opportunity to fundamentally rethink health and healthcare in America without making it political. Right, and we know what happens when politics gets involved. When we know what happens when regulations get involved. So this is a way in order to um, do good without 
all of the emotions of, of, of politics in terms of regulations and so on and so forth. So I'm particularly excited. And that's the, that was a great discussion that uh, Phil and I had. Yeah, great. And one person who I've had the privilege of, of chatting with is Dr. Ravula from uh, EXL Health. And you had a video cast with, with her on moral determinants of health uh, recently. She's fascinating to talk with. And, and I'm just wondering what your discussion was like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're spot on in saying that she's, she is fascinating. Um, she brings enormous amount of experience um, and, and enterprise into her thought process. Um, so she and I had collaborated in terms of uh, in writing about moral determinants of health a, a, a couple of months ago. Uh, and this time around, we wanted to talk about it somewhat and pull some threads very specifically. And, and kind of identify some of the moral determinant examples that are happening around the world, right? We think about it in terms of climate change. You think about the fact that universal healthcare is a lot closer to us in America than we have ever experienced. Um, so this is about, you know, we've spoken about social determinants of health where it is about where you live, where you work, um, um, where you study and so on and so forth. Moral determinants is kind of putting a layer on top of it about thinking in terms of empathy, in terms of fairness, in terms of equity. And we are now beginning to see uh, it beginning to take some level of shape. It's still very, I, I guess it's still, it's still fairly abstract, but I think the more of us can talk about it, the more of us can get others excited about it. We might see some action on, the, on, on that front. Yeah, yeah. And you've also done some work on uh, price transparency with Dr. Prabhu of H HCL um, that was recently uh, published. Can you tell me about that POV? Indeed, yes. Uh, so uh, price transparency is, 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 is something, uh, another abstract concept that has been floating around America for decades and decades. But in 2021, January 1st of 2021, CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, essentially came out with rules forcing hospitals and health systems to publish 300 of all 300 um, of their services online. So there was a price associated to what it is that they're selling, right? And in July of this year, they're extending the rule to health plans. So now all of a sudden, we have this extraordinary event in America where you actually, for the first time, know what you're buying and you know how much you're paying for it. What a concept. That's happening in healthcare, right? Um, so Dr. Prabhu and I have written about price transparency, not about what the changes are, because you can Google that and find it, but our views in terms of how it will evolve over the next 10 years. Right? There's going to be a short-term impact, there's going to be a mid-term impact, and there's going to be a long-term impact. Now, I will not uh, uh, share more than that because I think reading uh, this document will provide more insights than me talking about it. Yeah, and and like like everything we're talking about here, it's all available at hfsresearch.com. So uh, go have a look. Also, just to wrap up what you've done in the past several weeks, you have an interesting perspective on Roe versus Wade. I do. Um, I am still hopeful um, that the Supreme Court will not overturn it. And the reason I say that is not for any political or personal reasons, but the impact that it is going to have on healthcare. So this particular perspective calls out the fact that healthcare is going to become fundamentally more expensive when Roe versus Wade is, is overturned. Um, it is going to be 
particularly bad from a health outcome standpoint because of access to care. And experience is gonna get worse because all of a sudden now it's not about abortion, but it's about uh, women's health. Their access to quality women's care is probably going to be diluted because they may just not have those kinds of doctors in their neighborhoods anymore, right? So um, this is our view in terms of what we think is going to happen to, to the triple aim because of, uh, of the Supreme Court's decision, a potential decision. We don't know um, what will really, really happen. Yeah, it will be interesting to follow. And I really encourage uh, people to head to the website and read that piece. So that's the past. What have you got cooking for the coming weeks and months, Rob? I'm, I'm telling you, Mark, we've got something big planned here. Um, so the healthcare, the top 10 healthcare provider services is a couple of weeks from being launched. Um, I think it's an exciting study. Uh, we've got 18 different service providers who are on the slate. Um, we, have, we are looking at this in terms of the healthcare provider's value chain across the primary care markets, the acute care markets, and the rehabilitation care markets. And there are some fascinating insights. Number one is service providers are typically have, have generally ignore primary care. They seem to be um, very focused on acute care. And in some ways, I'd say that's because um, the inefficiencies in the system, and also because that's where most of the monies are, potentially. Um, we're also seeing that enormous amount of technologies has come into play, and that is sort of enhancing the way care can be delivered. The last thing I'll call out is that um, more and more service providers are paying more attention to healthcare providers. For a very long period of time, their entire book of business was about health plans about health insurance. It's now going towards healthcare providers, which tells me that healthcare providers are, are sourcing more and more. So we might be seeing, we might be at the cusp of a, of a new wave out, of outsourcing um, dynamics uh, manifesting itself in the healthcare provider marketplace. Yeah, well, interesting. We'll, we'll look forward to that. And I always marvel at the amount of work that goes into our top tens. And that's, that's, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, when, when this is out, maybe we can talk about the process you went through on that. It, it would be really interesting to have our, our uh, you know, readers and viewers understand the, the level of rigor that goes into a top 10. And uh, in, in your space, especially, it's, uh, it, it, it'll be really interesting to dissect. So you can't really these days talk to an analyst without using the word metaverse. Right, but metaverse and healthcare—what do they have to do with each other? Ah, uh, that is a secret. I will unveil in a couple <laughs> of weeks. Uh, we've been doing some, some, um, I'll say, research in terms of trying to distill the myth versus reality. There, yeah. Um, I, I have a suspicion that we are likely going to come out on the side of the fact that in the near time, it is mostly hype. There are no real world uh, solutions that make metaverse a tangible healthcare solution but you know i i will reserve my comment till the 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 perspective is out yeah yeah so so we'll we'll anxiously await that and maybe the next time we talk we can uh, take a look back and see the reactions you've gotten on it Absolutely. so so finally uh there's some research on social determinants of health can you tell me about that yes so uh, we have uh, partnered um uh, with another entity, um, I'll, 
I think we should wait till the document comes out in terms of who we partnered with. But essentially, we are looking at multiple markets in terms of their understanding of social determinants of health, with the kinds of solutions that they are exploring, the amount of monies that they're willing to invest, and the timeline for all of this. And I think this is a particularly fascinating and a real study because social determinants of health is one of those, um, uh, you know, a set of words that roll out of your mouth, but they don't mean a whole lot because they seem to be an academic construct. This study is helping us transition from an academic construct to a, to a practical reality. So I, I, I mean, look, this is a study in the works for almost six, eight months. We've done an enormous amount of work. We've collected all kinds of fascinating information and data. I'm really looking forward to getting this out there. Wow, that, that will be exciting. You've got your, your uh, schedule is pretty packed, I would imagine, for the next several weeks and months. So, so uh, mm -hmm. good luck getting all that work done. And thanks so much, Rohan. It's always great uh, getting an update from you. Thanks, Mark. As always, love the conversation. Yep. To learn more, head over to hfsresearch.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next HFS videocast.